everyone. Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm sitting here with someone that I'm very excited to have on the show. Dog trainer, friend of mine, Animal Planet star, breakout star, <laughs> Laura London. Welcome. Yay, hello. It's- Go ahead. It's so surreal to be here. It's very exciting to have you on the show. Um, regular listeners probably know who you are because I do the segment on the Thursday show where I feature an adoptable dog. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I was featuring dogs that you were working with at the Downey Shelter. Right. For like a good year, we were out yeah. there. We helped, two, I think, 211 dogs That's amazing. that year, placing them in homes. People, yay, people still send me pictures. It's so cute. The, you know, we had, do you remember Princess? Uh, which one was she princess? was like this big brindle walrusy pipply thing and they oh yeah she was so shy and super shut down and they just were like we're gonna kill her we're gonna kill her is that got- did they say it in that tone <laughs> like like sneering and no, rubbing their hands no. together well one of one person there did but, seriously yeah but oh no uh <laughs> but usually they'd be like um we need an exit plan mm. or a strategy for Princess. You've got like 24 hours. Jeez. And so I would always manage to do some sort of song and dance and get her like extended and extended right. and extended and extended. And then she was pulled by a rescue and fostered. And she was literally in her owner's wedding um, recently. Oh, that's amazing. I should send you the pictures. Yes, please do. it's just ridiculous. She I like, think I do remember her now. Yes, she was like urgent a number of times. Forever. Like yeah. She was, and she had been there for like a year. Like she'd been there such a long time and in the program forever. And, you know, we, the trainers there that, that worked with me, um, you know, we could see what they couldn't see. Mm-hmm. And that was frustrating because like, of course, they like us because we're like, taking them out in the yard and petting them and loving them and giving them treats and enriching their day. And like everybody else is there. They've got, not that they're ill willed towards mm-hmm. the animals, but they got a job to do and they have limited resources and they're just trying to get through each day. Right. And so no one's stopping. They're government run, right? Mm-hmm. That's a city that's shelter. A, that's a county shelter. It's a county yeah. shelter. Yeah. So, I mean, these people love animals, but they also can get really tired because they see some really horrible stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and there's that compassion fatigue, you know, and you just, they don't have all day to meet every dog. There's 300 of them, you know, and you can't love and, and squish on every one of them. That's why volunteers are super important at all shelters because those are the ones who, you know, you can love and squish on on the dogs if you volunteer. So that's always a good thing. I always wonder, and this was not how I intended to start because we've got to catch people up on how you and I know each other I and know. your life and your show. I know, this turned into a PSA. And then I've got, I know, and then I've got questions from people about dog training to ask you. Um, but I do want to ask, because I always wondered this for the entire time you're working at the Downey Shelter. Mm-hmm. How do you not, how do, how do you protect your heart? Because my heart would sink repeatedly because I realized I could go onto that website link and I forget, like there was a certain way that the dog was listed that meant it had been euthanized, like unavailable as opposed to adopted. It was unavailable. unavailable. And I started to realize that meant that dog had been put down Mm -hmm. and it, and I wasn't not, I was not nearly as close as you were. I mean, to all of this, and my heart would sink every time. How do you do it? Um, there was some really, there was a really ugly moment. I want to say it was like May in that first year that we did it where they put down five of the dogs um, in our program. Mm. And they weren't supposed to. Like the dogs in our program were supposed to be protected to a point where they would have to call us and say, hey, we need an action plan. 
But literally, that didn't happen. And it re- people lost their jobs. I mean, well, good. I mean, people got shuffled around. Like, it was, it was serious. Thing, yeah. It was a thing. And that was horrible. That was like, these five dogs who were out of, like, maybe the ten that we worked with were, like, so... Um, you know, we saw them every day and we did these profiles and we knew they knew their tricks and they were doing well. And none of them right. were like, oh, God, we're going to have to. We had to dismiss dogs from from the program before mm-hmm. that happened. We had to make decisions to euthanize dogs in the program. Ugh. So these five, one day they were there and the next day they weren't. And that was horrible. What happened? Um, was it like a clerical error or was it someone just made a decision? I think somebody just made a decision. Ugh. Yeah, like a number of dogs had to be put down to make space for the dogs that were coming in. Even that is, I know that that's the reality, but it's so yeah, brutal. It's a horrible decision to have to make. Yeah. And um, so I guess even to make that, you have to have some sort of like, you have to be able to put it in a box and just compartmentalize it right. as what it is. Um, but in the program, you know, we would have dogs and they'd say, you know, we need an action plan for jojo or whatever and and we had nothing we'd reached out to every rescue nobody wanted him nobody we've done everything we could you were doing what you could Mm -hmm. for me i was asking you know other clients and celebrity clients have i'm like please retweet this oh my gosh what are we gonna do and um and then we just wouldn't have a plan and we'd have to be like him we'll let we'll release him from the program Mm -hmm. and if we released him from the program then he could be euthanized and we had to make that call and sometimes dogs just deteriorate in the shelter environment to mm-hmm. a point where um, they've lost their mind and they're like spinning around and chasing their tail and lunging and biting and they're just gone completely kennel crazy. Mm-hmm. And without resources, without money to take that dog out and put it somewhere where it can decompress and get trained, you don't have any options. And so that was like the hardest thing because it was just like we failed them. We're like, we had nothing, we have nothing for you. I'm sorry. I hope you enjoyed the time we had together because I got, I got, you're, you're going to, we're going to release you from this hell that you live in and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. So how did that not crush you or did it? I don't know. I think I've been doing this a really long time and there is, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's like a practical sort of reality for me where I'm like, yeah, that's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I wish it didn't have to happen. But, you know, I wish people would get their dog spayed and neutered. And I wish it was free so everyone could do it. So, you know, people who are in underserved areas don't get, you know, in trouble for not doing it and then have their dogs taken away and then can't get their dogs out of the shelter because they can't pay for it because they couldn't pay for it before. And it's just, it's just, too sad it's like it's a real poverty issue i remember saying to you that we were talking about a specific dog and it was an owner surrender and i was like who would do that and you you were like you don't understand if if it's someone who lost their job their dog gets sick like it's it's can be a financial like you really defended the people the owner who would surrender their dog absolutely um 
I really learned when I worked uh, with Downtown Dog Rescue and Lori Weiss, who is the founder of that rescue, at the South LA shelter doing an intervention program, uh, the first ever here in LA, where we were there to help people who felt like they had no option mm-hmm. to surrender their dog because they had they couldn't afford to get the, you know to get them out if they got impounded or they um, couldn't afford shots or they couldn't afford a spay neuter or. Um, the dog had behavioral problems. I would do free training classes on Saturdays to be like, okay, let's try to train this and fix it so you can keep your dog. Because I don't care what home, really, as long as you're not harming the dog. I don't Mm -hmm. care what home your dog has. It's better than being in the shelter. Right. Okay. And so I learned when I was there, like, I'm not going to judge because a person doesn't have a yard that they shouldn't have a dog or... um. Because, you know, they don't have, they can't, dog can't go to, you know, play dates or daycare or that they don't get groomed regularly or they don't eat the best food. Mm-hmm. I, that's not my, I'm not, do they love the dog? Yeah, I bet they do. There is dignity in owning a pet and, and, and the consistency that some of these kids have in these families, like that's all they have is that they can come home to a little, you know, Wendy face, <laughs> you know, that they can come home to that dog after school and that dog gives them love no matter what. And they, they were bullied at school or their dad hasn't been around in a long time or their mom has to work nights or whatever the case is. Like it's, it's important. It's an unconditional love. And I'm not, I'm not going to take it away from them because I'm like, no, you don't have enough money and you don't feed it enough food, that, mm-hmm. that good food. You don't give it raw food. Like, <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> you know. So, um, so yeah. When people have to give up their dogs, it can be so layered. Like, it can be their landlord changed the rules because there's a lot, believe it or not, in these underserved communities where landlords totally take advantage of their tenants and they lie and they say like, "I'm going to call like immigration. What are you going to do? You can't have a dog." Oh right. shit! You know, there's a lot of fucked up stuff happening, you know? And so these people could be just scared and not know their rights. Mm -hmm. And so they don't even know where to look for rights. And so they just drop off their dog. Um, Another, the really sad thing that happens is like when um, people die. Yeah. And like no plans have been made. Because you don't think of that. You think of that when you have a baby, you know? But you don't think of that when you have like a puppy or a Mm -hmm. dog. You're like, oh, there's no money. I have nobody, you know, and I'm not saying like write them into your will and give them everything you have, but like I've definitely had this conversation with my sister already. Like, will she take your dog? Yes. <laughs> well, she's going to because her dogs <laughs> hate mine, but she'll figure it out and I'll take hers, you know, and we're just trying to be safe and not get killed and <laughs> before our dogs die because luckily we all have senior dogs now. So mm-hmm. like we're going to go. Oh, that is lucky. We're good. I know we're going to run out of time. And so we'll, we'll outlive our dogs. So we won't have to worry about it. But yeah, no, we've absolutely have those conversations with people and be like, would you take my dog if I died? And you know, could I get you to write? I've, I'm written. I can't tell me how many clients I'm written into their will and they have money set aside for their dog. So they say you will either, um, if you can take my dog, you will. If you can't take my dog, you will find it an appropriate home. Um, Your sister's getting so many dogs, if anything. <laughs> I know, because I'll have all like 15 from other clients. Um, yeah, so they want to like make sure that there's something, you know, and so a lot of times there's nothing. And those dogs, these sad little dogs who've given their life to their people, 
are like, wait a minute, what's going on? And it's heartbreaking. Those ones kill me. And the senior dogs, when people are like, oh, they're old, take them to the shelter. Mm. Oh, no, I go, so why do you, you, this dog just gave you 12 years of its life. Yeah. But if they don't have any money to find out what's wrong with the dog, because the dog's just old, um, they'll take it to the shelter thinking that it's a shelter. And the word shelter seems like they would care for your dog, but they don't. We also would give like free, um, we would give vouchers to people who had a sick old dog so they could go to like a vet and get humanely euthanized and they could be there with the dog instead of like, because you think, oh, they'll just, you know, they'll just put my dog down tomorrow. But it's like, oh no, your dog might live like there two weeks in total fear. It Mm. was awful. So like you can take one of these humane vouchers and you can go and you could be with your dog while they pass and you don't have to pay for it. And if your dog is really sick. Is I don't know that I even want to ask this question, but I'm going, I'm going to ask. Is the euthanasia at a shelter not humane? No. Oh, um, well, I mean, it's the same, but they're alone and they're in a room that smells like death. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, I've been with both of my dogs, uh, the dogs I had previously, Bijou and Diva. When they passed, like I took them in and, you know, was there and stayed with them. And the doctor gave them an injection and they slowly fell asleep. And then it was horrible and sad, but they were with me. Mm-hmm. And they just like, oh. but like, I would rather be there and know that. And some people don't want to be there. And I get that. But the stress level in shelters in general, you've walked through one. It's just like, yeah, like it's crazy. And so, yeah, it's not the best environment to to pass so think now another question again not the way i thought i was going to start but (laughs) i've been dying to ask this of you um so as a dog trainer i think you are you're able to read the energy and the body language of a dog Mm -hmm. however i so the way you and i know each other is um some a few months after we had wendy we were going to be taking her to new york and she was a crazy spaz. She still is somewhat of a crazy spaz, but she was even more of a crazy spaz. And I'm like, we can't take this spaz to New York. We need some kind of dog training situation. And I called the Zoom room where mm-hmm. I had done um, classes with Oliver. And they, I said to them, do you know, you know, could you recommend a dog trainer who does house calls? They sent me to you, talked to you. Um, and so we started working with you. And uh one of the and Wendy has always been a shy dog, and mm-hmm. so one of the things we're working on was having her meet other dogs. And I and there was a another Cavalier who lived in the neighborhood at one point. And I remember you looked out the window and you're like, "Oh, you know, hurry, let's take Wendy out." There's a Cavalier out there, um, and then you're like, "Oh, wait, that woman looks like a bitch." Do you remember this? <laughs> totally. And yeah. the thing is, I know that woman, and she was a bitch. <laughs> But I was like, oh, you know how to read humans, too. What tipped you off that she was a bitch? Because she was across the street, and I think her back was to you. But something about the way she was standing there alerted you of her bitchiness. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, I think it was probably like if she were alone and not holding the dog, I wouldn't have been able to glean that from her. I see. But I think it was how she was with her dog. It's all very subtle mm-hmm. and nuanced. Um, but when I see it, it's like just like a neon sign. Like, you know, I, I see it all the time. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly with dog owners. You know, the ones who are like, oh, this is a good person. 
their dog might not be perfect, but this might be a good person. Mm -hmm. And they'll be really like, sure, pet my dog. Yeah, right. But the dog, dog might not be great. But then you'll see a dog that might be great to meet. But you're like, oh, no, that person's not even worth it. Is it something that I would be able to see, though? Or is that a dog trainer thing? I think, yeah, I just think the more you see it, the more you see it. Like the more, you know what I mean? But I mean, are you talking about someone treating their dog in an unkind way? Or is it sort of a, like, hard to articulate just an energy? I think you could see it. Well, I'm I'm good at that. Because you're good at that. Like like just the average, like Jeff. (laughs) Just kidding, Jeff. (laughs) You're so average, Jeff. Wait. You know, like (laughs) like just any old guy off the street. Like someone who doesn't know anything. Like Jeff. Oh, I thought you were judging me as being a bitchy person. (gasps) Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I'm just an average guy on the street. That'll take. Uh, no, I think average person on the street, no. I think you have to have, um, you have to have like a, a sensitivity and like mm-hmm. an awareness. So I'm going to generally say women are more intuitive that way, you know? Because um, like you can say like, to any guy oh my god did you see that person they were so whatever and they're like oh, i didn't see anything they like had no idea they totally missed it was that me talking that sounded just like me <laughs> Do it. Did it? um no so i just think it's like a sensitivity and an awareness to things from like body language and certainly like dog body language um isn't super tricky mm-hmm. once you know like the basics but like everybody just goes oh but their tail's wagging and i'm like which means nothing is it just a reflex tail wagging it just happens like you know you can smile and that you can hate somebody and be like yeah you're nervous and smile right. you can smile for a bunch of different reasons right so like the tail wag it's like well is it loose and low or is it high and tight and wiggly you know so it could just be like it's just like energy mm-hmm. yeah it's you know arousal as i call it without you know low arousal or high arousal so they can just be like that high tail really stiff is not the kind of tail you want to meet because <laughs> it's just a little too intense when mm-hmm. it's low and like this in line with their you know their back and it's like loose and then you know when it's totally tucked under and it's completely protecting them because they're terrified so all of those things, it could still be wagging and be tucked. So wagging has nothing to do with it. But once you see all the other nuances of where it's held and how it's being wagged. Sure. I was like, woged, wagged. <laughs> then you know. Wigan. And ears, like where are the ears? And you know. So you are one of the, there's two trainers. There's two mm-hmm. hosts of the new Animal Planet show. Yes. Rescue Dog to Super Dog. Yes. I'm very excited for you. It's pretty exciting. Thank you very much. You and Nate... You find dogs in shelters mm-hmm. uh, who would be suited to become service dogs. Correct. And then you pair them with people who need a service dog. Correct. And you told me when I went to watch the first episode to grab some tissues, and I didn't know what you meant. And I, boy, I do now. It's so, it's like heartwarming. <laughs> what, I did not know what that meant. No, no, no. I mean, I, <laughs> I know that. I bad. understood what right. you meant, yeah. that I was going to be crying. But I thought, where are the tears going to come from? Right. Because you're rescuing. It's a happy ending. Right. You're like, rescuing where is dogs. the sadness? Exactly. Got it. Okay. But now I know. It's not true sadness. It's like that heartwarming Touching. tugs at your heart. Yeah. Oh, now I'm crying because the dog 
kept pace. Nola, Nola that's yeah. her name, right? Nola, she did so well. I'm so happy I for know. her. And also because it, the stories of the people who need these dogs, mm-hmm. like on the in the first episode, which has already aired, mm-hmm. guy with PTSD, Kalani, a marine, yeah. yeah, and then a woman who has cerebral palsy, yeah, Kelly, love her, and yes, shout out to Kelly, and Long you Beach. really Ooh. are rooting for the anyway. So it's so well done. Um, couple questions. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where you're kind of you're touching one of the dogs because you want to check how the oh, dog is poking him. Yeah, you yeah. want to check how the dog <laughs> handles poking. Yeah. And I was thinking, if I were poking a giant dog, I would be nervous. How do you how do you know that you're going to be okay? We would have never taken him out. Like he was. Re- okay. Is this Boz? His name's Bass. Bass. His name was Doug. <laughs> right. He started as a Doug. <laughs> he was a Doug, and he was totally. He's still a Doug. Um, half. Uh, like Rottweiler and maybe, half, half golden, golden retriever. retriever, the cutest dog. I mean, we didn't do DNA, but I mean, he literally looks like the Disney version. You just take half of each and like right. Lady and the Tramp, and you just like stick them together, and that's what you get. My fear is that people are going to like start breeding them and thinking, mm-hmm. "Oh, I want, I want a bass," and that would be horrible because that was he's just an anomaly. Uh, he's a unicorn, but like he is, his body language really loose, really happy. His lips, his ears, his tail, his spine, everything was really loose. I had no problem poking him. Mm-hmm. And he, Kalani has two daughters and, you know, kids can be, you know, rough with dogs. So I just wanted to make sure that he is tolerant of annoying poking and whatnot. What were you like? What would have said to you, this is not okay? If he would have bit me. <laughs> so you were risk. That's what I'm saying. You were risking getting bit every day. Yeah. You must be pretty confident you're not going to though, right? Correct. Okay. It has happened. Badly? No. No. Some dog trainers have horrible stories. And then I'm like, Caesar Milan, right? You guys are stupid. Like, why are you letting yourself get bit? Like, don't, do you know not, don't you know anything about body language? Yeah. I mean, if I'm getting there to, if there's a place where a dog's like, um, excuse me, you're totally in my space. I'm like, okay, let me get out. All right. I totally hear you and I respect you. And that would be barking. Growling, barking, baring its teeth. Any anything leading up to that too, right. like because if they're already like growling and barking at you, they're like, okay, listen, I've done everything else I can. I'm like they do lip licking, they yawn sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're looking away from you. They're looking at the ground. They're just like, this is super uncomfortable. And if you're just like not seeing any of that, and you're with, they're they're like, okay, now let me just try to vocalize, and they like growl at you, and you're like. I mean, ignore that too. They're like, seriously? Like, why do you keep making me do this? And then they'll just keep stepping it up. And then they learn that the only way to get you out of their space is to bite you. Mm -hmm. So I would like them not to learn that lesson. So I would like to stay out of that space and respect that space if they're giving me any of those, you know, if they look like they're going down that, that road. Right. Yeah. And we would take dogs out, you know, like obviously in the show, we had to pick 12 dogs. Based on 12 people that we already met. So Mm -hmm. we knew the people and we knew what we were looking for. We looked at thousands of dogs. They sent in their headshot. Could you imagine? (laughs) Um, From Lancaster, beautiful Lancaster in Palmdale, to um, (laughs) deep in Orange County. Mm -hmm. And um, we looked at every dog. Um, We would walk through a shelter and see 300 dogs and be like, nope nobody and, and would you actually touch the dogs and interact with them or can you tell from just walking by we have to tell from walking by 
And it's an energy thing. Yeah. And there would be like, you know, we probably, we have 12, but we probably met like 30. Mm -hmm. So they were like, I think this is the one. And you get it in the yard and you're like, nope, not the one. Right. For sometimes it's too much or it's not enough or, you know, or it was going to be aggressive or it was really sensitive to you touching it. We're like, well, that's not going to work. Did you and Nate ever disagree? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, He and I like, you know, he likes really high drivey dogs. Um, You know, bless his heart. He's like 14 years younger than I am. So (laughs) he's got more tolerance for that sort of thing. Um, You know, and I'm like, no, like, I don't want to fix this and this to get to where Mm. like we, you know, so, so sometimes we would see things differently. Um, Well, even Doug ended up having a little too much energy at a certain point. Right. Oh, and like Nate, like Nate loved him from the beginning. Like he got the call and was like, we have this amazing dog. He's, he was like running around with his phone, showing his pictures. He's like, I'm driving down there. Like that's a dog. My God. He was out of his mind. Um, so he was just luckily lucky that that dog was for the person that he was going to work with. Mm -hmm. He'd be probably totally mad at me if it like was like, that is a great dog, Nate. Thanks. I'm going to use it with my people. Right. Um, but yeah, we disagree. You know, um, but we we work through it. I mean, I don't think there aren't a lot, a lot of trainers disagree on technique um, and things like that. And, the, you know, everybody's got we're always talking about like the science of dog training and the art of dog training. And mm. so the science is the science, but like everybody kind of puts it in practice a little bit different. So um, but Nate's a super good guy and he couldn't be more enthusiastic. How did you He's find- like Doug? But he's like in a, do, in a tight shirt. Do, do you find that you seek out dogs that are like you? Somebody asks us this question. I'm like, well, if I did, they'd uh, every, we'd have twelve like flat nose snoring dogs because that's like the dog that I go for. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and he has like you know Belgian Malinois, like super intense like police dogs, right? So. Yeah, we we definitely have personal tastes. But um, now I think we really had an idea of what we were looking for. It was so specific. Like our checklists, you know, with Kelly and Nola, she wanted a really big dog. And she said more than once that she was into Great Danes. Mm-hmm. And that like her aunt or someone had Great Danes or her mom. and She needed a big dog because she needed the dog she needed the dog to wear a harness so that she could have support she as support. she walked around. Because she before the dog walked with two canes. Yeah. So she wanted support and she wanted the dog to be able to carry stuff, mm-hmm. you know, for her as well. Um, you know, when you see the show and you see her in the be- beginning, like try and like walk with her quad canes and like open a door and then open a refrigerator to get something out. And then she buys it. And then she's like, well, shit, how do I carry right. this home? You're just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, but she has the best attitude. And she like, really did. Dan- Daniel watched with me as well. He's like, I love her. <laughs> I love her too. We love you, Kelly. She, Kelly and Ola, they went to the Pride Parade. She goes to Disneyland. She gets like recognized when she's out. Uh-huh. Like, it's awesome. They're, she's got a cool haircut. Yes, she does. She's They're lovely. She and her boyfriend, Wes, are awesome. I love them. They're just super wonderful people. And Nola's like the perfect fit into their little family. So at the beginning, you get the dogs out of the shelter. You work with them. Do you work with them and then give them to the people and then they go to boot camp? This season, we found the dogs. The dogs go home to the people for a couple of weeks just to like bond and mm-hmm. get to know their people. And we do some basic training, right. some basic obedience training. And then we take the dogs away from them 
um, just to make them sad again and um, <laughs> to boot camp where we can focus and just train them, you know, without the distractions of being home. Right. Then we bring them home. And then where is have- boot camp? Boot camp was in Glendora. Mm-hmm. We had a house out there that we were using. Um, and so, you know, we don't have like a, I don't have a mansion that I can keep all the dogs at. Right. Yet. So now this question is going to belie my, so my background. Um, <laughs> I have developed a bit of a fear of big dogs because my, the list, my listeners know my first dog was attacked by a big dog, mm-hmm. big off leash dog. Um, so I think that maybe I had like a slight fear before, but after that, now I have this like, when I see even a really friendly big dog, mm-hmm. um, I think, oh, that dog has the ability to really harm me or someone if it wants. So it's not like I can't be around a big dog, but I just notice that I'm very aware of how powerful a big dog is. So when I'm watching the show, I'm like, oh, you guys just got these two dogs out of a shelter. They're each like <laughs> 80 right. plus pounds. And now they're with their new owner and they're alone with them for a couple of weeks. Are you saying that we're irresponsible? No, I'm not. Allison? I'm not. What I'm saying I'm- is you, you must be Although I'm sure there's so many documents that are signed, but (laughs) no, just because I know how legal stuff works. No, what I'm saying is you must be very confident that these are safe dogs. Yeah, absolutely. And we're also confident in the people that we cast, Mm -hmm. you know, so when we were looking for people, um, you know, we had a ton of submissions for people who wanted to be a part of this and, um, you know, if there was a person who was like, I want a dog, but I'm afraid of them. Or, you know. I'll never or- be on now if I ever need a service dog. Because dogs <laughs> smell fear, which just makes you more scared. <laughs> I can't stop it. They must smell me. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like these people were pretty, um, you know, they were really committed. And they were, were ready to do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and when we were interviewing and talking to them in the beginning – You'll find on one of the episodes, Diana, um, she was one of Nate's people. She uh, had a rock climbing accident at the gym, like from the rock climbing wall, and she lost her leg. Oh, my God. uh, Below the knee. And she was super active before. Obviously, she was rock climbing. Um, And so when we talked to her about what she wanted – in her head, she's like in her in her memory. You know, she grew up with big dogs, like retrievers and stuff, and she kind of wanted that. And then, like, you know, in talking to her, I'm like, I don't know, but I think that might be too much for you. I think it's a lot because her accident wasn't that long ago; it was a couple of years ago. And I was like, I think we might go smaller. And you know, and then we talked, and then Nate and I talked, and then I kind of found a really good dog. And I'm like, how small will she go? Because I think small is actually going to be so much better for her. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you just had to be like, okay, I know better than you. I know you think you know what you want, but like if, if Kelly really wanted a great Dane and I'm like, heck no, you do not want a great Dane. Um, that's, she'd get what I got her. Mm-hmm. But like Diana ended up getting a small dog, like a Havanese. Oh, he's so cute. He's all black, all ragamuffin. Um, and it's awesome and it's perfect. And in the beginning she's like, I'm going to trip on him. I don't know. But so sometimes you just have to trust that we, no, trainer knows best. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should have that on a bumper sticker or trainer, an apron or something. Trainer knows it's best. so sassy. It is pretty sassy. <laughs> uh, well, I want to tell you guys about Whistle. Laura, you will appreciate... Do you know about Whistle? 
Totally know. You're about the person who told. So Whistle is a GPS tracker and an activity monitor for your pet. And you're the person who told me that with a dog like Wendy, we should get a GPS tracker because she is shy. And you're like, if she darts out of the house, she's gone. <laughs> well, what you said is if because another dog had been lost this way and yes. did and, and it was a sad story. You're like, if you have a shy dog, especially, you want a GPS tracker on your dog because if the dog somehow gets out of your house there and people are trying to to get the dog like if someone sees a stray dog on the street right. and that's your dog and they go up to the dog, if it's a shy dog, they're just gonna run. They're yeah. just gonna bolt. So right. you should have a GPS tracker. That's what whistle is. And I um I just got my whistle and I'm super excited to start. And also the activity monitor thing, I know that I'm going to become obsessed with this. <laughs> I would. I, I'm going to become so obsessed because what it does is it, like you you type in all the details about, uh, on the Whistle app, you type in all the details about your dog and then it tells you, it rec- tells you like how much exercise the dog should be getting. So not, it, this is like for someone who counts my their dogs, own steps. My dogs would totally fail at this. Like they were like, I walked to the water bowl and I walked back to the, yeah. you know. I know. I'm a little bit worried to find out all the details because I know it's just going to reflect on me. But you know what? It's good. It's good to know. I'm, if you're okay. obsessed with your dog, you, you want, you're going to, it's just more information. <laughs> One more way to get yeah. more obsessed. <laughs> exactly. Yay! Even if you're not obsessed though, at least. You will the, be. The, yeah, exactly. Uh, so Whistle is a device that attaches to your pet's collar and allows you to track their location and activity from an app on your phone. And you can set activity goals based on your pet's age. And one of the things I really like about Whistle is that it's very lightweight. It weighs less than an ounce. Because when GPS trackers first came out, it was like attaching an anvil <laughs> to your animal. That's actually what kept me away from it. Because when you it's first so mentioned it, it... They didn't really have to work because <laughs> your dog couldn't go anywhere. It was just an anchor. Because it was so heavy. And so they're like, I'm right here. When you first told me we should get one, that's part of what kept, what made me not do it. Was I was like, oh, that's, that's going to be very uncomfortable for her but now whistle is super light and and small it's waterproof has a rechargeable battery that lasts up to 10 days and also um i remember when we first got wendy microchipped i didn't realize how microchipping works it's Mm -hmm. really of course vital you know good good and vital both of them to have your animal microchipped but the only i thought that that meant that at all times someone could find out where your dog is but that's not how it works it only works if someone picks up the dog and they take it in and they get a a radio signal yeah Yeah, exactly and then also um anyway all of this is to say that because whistle uses wi-fi um and it also uses at&t's cellular network it can Mm -hmm track the dog wherever uh-huh. as opposed to a lot of like there's bluetooth trackers that right. really are kind of just helpful if your dog is close yeah you can be like oh my dog's on the couch <laughs> <laughs> but if your dog's in a bolt like they're under the blanket yeah, this is oh. a little, you're a little more protected this way um, yeah i like that that's great so whistle brings peace of mind to pet owners across the nation for a limited time all my listeners can get 25 dollars off a whistle device when you use my code allison so go to whistle.com right now and use the code allison at checkout visit whistle.com today whistle the smarter way to care for your best friend and i will give you guys an update on uh, on the thursday show once i know what wendy's really doing when i can't have my eyes on her all the time that's hilarious <laughs> Do you, you have a like a puppy cam? Do you watch her? No, it's been recommended to me. I don't. You have a baby cam, right? We have a baby cam. Yes. I'm surprised you didn't like get two at you know a shower and just be like, this one is Wendy. I know, I know, and because we we crate her when we leave the house, and 
I like to think that she just goes to sleep. And I think I'm afraid to see if, if she, she actually... Her- <laughs> it would break, it would break you know, it would, yeah, You yeah, know me. It yeah, would break my heart. So, upset. so I kind of don't want to know if she's... I want to in- know what's going on in my house because... Do you have a camera on your dogs? No. Um, they, like, break it. On, they'd be like, you know, spray paint the lens or something the minute I left the house. Um, Texas, my youngest, um, likes to jump on the kitchen, on the on the dining room table. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this, like a high, normal dining room table. And he'll jump on it. And for years, I thought it was my oldest, Rufus, because he's just the troublemaker. Uh-huh. And like things would be like on the ground and chewed. And I just figured Rufus like jumped on the chair and then got up on the table that way. When I realized it was never Rufus and that Texas can just go from the ground to the top of the table. And when he does that, he like jostles the tablecloth and, you know, and he's been doing that a lot lately. So how did you discover it was him? I think I came home one day and it just kind of occurred to me, like the way it was pushed over, I just went, wait a minute. And I said, Texas, come here. And I'm like, up, up. And he just hopped up, like totally like outed himself. He's so stupid. <laughs> he's, he couldn't have been like, I can't jump that high. That's crazy, mom. <laughs> no, he's like, yeah, jumps right up and then like pushes the tablecloth. Exactly. Oh. I Nancy drew it. I mean, <laughs> it was exact. It was like forensic science. I was like, oh, I can see how this all happened. So, yeah. But now I have to ask the obvious question as a dog trainer. Can't you just train him not to? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I could also leave him in his crate, which ye, they used to always be in the crate when I um, when I left. Um, but now it's, you know, sometimes, not all the time. I've gotten really lazy as they've gotten older because mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, yeah, whatever, you're old. It's fine. Um I've joked always that I don't want smart dogs at the end of the day. You know, I love training smart dogs and I will like, I had this poodle this morning, Norman. I love him. He's awesome little puppy. He's so cute. Um, He's brilliant. But I train smart dogs all day. I don't want to come home and have some smart dog be like, can we do some quantum physics? (laughs) Like I want my dog to be like, hey, and not want to do anything. Mm -hmm. And so I've got a French bulldog and two Boston Terriers and everybody's over 10. They're like 10, 11, and 12. So I come home and I don't have to, you know, they're good you dogs. Don't have to entertain them. I don't yeah. have to entertain them. I don't have to enrich their life. I don't have to like make them tired, you know, and brain work them. Um, you know, they're as trained as they need to be for me. And I think that's for me, that's what dog training is. Like, I'm not going to throw on to people like how much their dog has to know. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if your dog walks on the right hand side or the left hand side. I don't care what you call it. If it works for your lifestyle, awesome. And like you're not a nuisance to other people, perfect. That's all. Just be responsible. Your dog's safe. You're not a nuisance and it works with your lifestyle. That's it. So if your dog knows a hundred commands or five, totally up to you. Okay, now I'm gonna ask you a selfish question. Okay. Wendy being a spaz. (laughs) Is that because of Daniel and me or is that her? Uh, Let me add a little. So we got her when we were sad. Very, very sad. It was it was very close to when we suddenly lost Oliver. And I have always felt like we just like gave her our anxiety. Probably. Oh, you're nodding. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm nodding. Um, yeah. I mean, that does happen. She probably came to you a little bit like that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I remember at the time you saying that, but maybe you were being merciful. No, you, you, I, I think you were saying that, like, by a certain, uh, chronological point they need to have been exposed to all of this we got her she was was 16 weeks right yeah so you have that critical 8 to 16 weeks window when they're puppies for optimal socialization Mm -hmm. so that's when they have to like see and hear and smell and taste and touch everything they can in their universe and so they're not afraid of it so if you have a dog that comes from a breeder or a friend or whoever that comes from a litter that is under socialized and just like Hangs they, out with its litter Hangs mates, out with yeah. his litter mates until it goes somewhere. Um, that is really high likely, like, I don't even know what I'm talking. <laughs> uh, high likelihood, I guess. There is, is a high likelihood. Was, it's yeah. a high likelihood. Sure. That um, your dog's going to be a little like wiggy because everything's going to kind of scare them. Uh, they also might not be. They may be born super confident, like nothing scares me. I'm totally fine with everything. Great. But... 10 to 1, they're not going to be that way. They're just going to be under-socialized. And then you're going to have more problems throughout their adult life with anxiety and stuff like that. So most of what I do now in dog training is puppy raising. Like mm-hmm. I have most of my I have five clients right now, they're all under 16 weeks. So we are going out on field trips and we're meeting people and we're walking in different places and we're smelling different things. So they get exposed to all these sounds and traffic and noise and other dogs and people. So by the time they hit that 16 week mark, they're like, I'm good with everything. And then that's going to lessen the likelihood that the dogs have issues, you know, into their adult life about being afraid of men in helmets or whatever. Right. But do you think it also was our anxiety and our our sadness? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think so. You know, because dogs, they're little sponges too. So they like soak up, you know, and you guys were going through some serious shit then. And yeah. it, I mean, you couldn't not, you can really protect her from that, you know, and, and you had like the fears mm-hmm. and you were being overprotective and you didn't, you just didn't want to lose her. And so, and then you were <laughs> grieving and then you threw that, you know, all of that into the pot too, you know, right. like, you know, it happens. It it happens and it's and it's okay. You're doing the you do the best you can and you love her and that's totally okay. Yeah, I mean we did And it works in your lifestyle. It Yes. It didn't even occur to me that that's another reason that you don't get a dog that soon after you lose your first one. Right. Um But yeah, I look back like it was it was way I was too like, soon. It was like nine months after I lost like my my heart and soul dog. Mm-hmm. Like I lost her and it was like nine months before I got Rufus. And now I just get them like it's yeah. a revolving door. I, well, now you got to you got to get them before have, you lose them. I have no right? attachment to any of them. <laughs> I've already got the next one planned. I'm terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just like, I can't wake up in this house. It's too empty. We have to get another dog. Daniel would have waited longer, but I just I couldn't. I was like, I it's too it's too dogless here. We have to get another one. How soon was it? Like two weeks. Oh, wow. Really soon. Um, I think we. I just threw myself into right. making a project of getting the next dog. Yeah. But then all of a sudden we had a puppy and I was in just as much pain as before. And, I, and you know, all the good habits that we had with Oliver, we didn't, we didn't continue all of that with her. And so she was in our bed from the beginning. You know, Oliver never slept right. in our bed. She was in our bed from the beginning, which she still sleeps in our bed. And I still love it. But I know that you and, and, and anyone I see who those works pictures with dogs, on like Instagram and she's like up by Daniel's head. And I'm like, oh, 
it's, <laughs> it's fine. I have to tell you, you know, like, um, you know, last year my husband left me and um, my dog slept in bed with me for like six months. Like they were like, this is the best thing ever. This is amazing, you know? And so it's really nice to sleep with a dog. I get it. And that's also like as a dog trainer, when people say they want to sleep with their dogs, okay, I know why they want to do it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But if you're speaking of dogs, hi, Wendy. Um, if you have a dog that's got behavioral problems that, you know, jumps or barks too much or bites other people, those probably shouldn't sleep in bed with you. Right. Because that's like boundary issues you need to work out. My dogs don't do any of that. So it's not a problem unless it's a problem. That sort of thing. So up by the head, though, is bad because... She's just weird. It's fine. She sleeps on his head. She's like a cat. She sleeps on his head. <laughs> crazy. And then she comes over and sleeps on my head, and she just toggles back and forth between heads. But I remember someone <laughs> saying, like, oh, that's dominance. No, that's not, though, not is dominant. it? No. She couldn't be Look less dominant. She couldn't. Please. Yeah. She's Please. very, very good with Elliot, which makes oh, me happy. And he's very, so awesome. he loves her. He just stares at her and laughs <sighs> and he, you know, he'll grab at her and she's so patient. Oh, that's so great. So, I love it when little babies and the dogs become like yeah, best friends. It's very, very Like when sweet. he's like, like in a year when he's like a year and a half and they, oh, they're going to be like the best friends. I know. It's me walking around. Falling, oh gosh. I can't melts my heart. Oh, good girl. Uh, you know. I have these questions from people. Yeah. Uh, but also, I want to find out a little more about your background. But first, I want to say to you guys, uh, Audible, humongous selection of audiobooks. Who has time to not listen to an audiobook? You don't have time to not listen to an audiobook. I wish Daniel were here because all he does, yeah, I don't think he's actually like picked up a thing and read it in so long he just listens to books and like then he a, tells me a about paper them thing, a, yeah writing one of those, on it right no it's a just comic all, book no maybe, maybe i don't a comic think so book. yeah no it's just it's all he's very much into audiobooks and he went like when he was re- hearing listening to stephen king audiobooks i was like please don't tell me about that because i scare too easily are you into Stephen King? Love him. I was just talking. I did Roddy McDowell reading The Wolf in once on like an audiobook, and it was the scariest thing ever. I just, kid you not, put Audible on my phone when I drove up to Napa, and I listened to a really long book, both up and down. And what did you listen to? I'm not going to tell you, but it was really good. Was it something that... Um, it was something spiritual. I was going to say. It was something I, spiritual. I, I, I could tell good. with your reluctance that it's something you're worried is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed by my spirituality. <laughs> yes, you clearly you are. If you're not going to say the name, that's fine. It's private. I would recommend Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. Uh, very, very popular book. Movie with Brie Larson just came out. In fact, I saw her on the Today Show on the same episode that I saw you, Laura London, on the Today Show. I, she was too, talking about. I too saw her. Yeah. That's, you saw her in person? Uh-huh. That's super exciting. Glass Castle, Jeanette Walls. This is a book that has been on my list to read for a long time. However, the movie just came out. There's no way I'm going to have time <laughs> to read it. I would be able to, because I'm taking care of a baby all the time, but I would be able to listen to it, as will you. And there's so many other, I mean, there's a huge selection of audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Uh, there's so many different 
so many different things to choose from. And it's just a great way to read a book. Audible is offering my listeners a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash BFF, browse their unmatched selection of audio programs, download a free title and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash BFF. That's audible.com slash BFF and get started today. Uh, okay. So when you grew up in Seattle, right? No, I grew up in Sacramento. Oh, did but you ever then, live in Seattle? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, am I losing my mind? <laughs> I lived in Seattle in the most bitching early 90s, and it was fabulous um, after I got out of college. Mm-hmm. So, and then um, I moved down here in 99. And when did you start training dogs? Um, I think like professionally about 11 or 12 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, but I was always very intuitive with dogs, and I was born in the year of the dog. Not that that means anything. Somebody it will. But uh, so I always trained like the family pet and I always dog sat neighbor dogs and I was always super into it. Um, And I was working here in LA in like entertainment. Was that like, what what did you think you wanted to do at that point? Well, I was working in human resources Mm -hmm. and in uh, entertainment and hospitality here in LA. It was choice. It was great. Great bennies, you know. But I my, was not feeding my soul at right. all. And and we know from your spiritual book selection that you won't reveal feeding your soul is important to you. I don't even re- – the thing is I don't remember the name of the okay. book. It's I fine. Really I'm just I'm just – And I wasn't that big of a fan of it. Oh, okay. So then I'd have yeah. to be like, yeah, it was kind of – She should have got someone else to read her book because her voice is annoying. <laughs> just saying. Hire a voice actor. Um and it was it was strangely um my dad had been diagnosed with cancer and um i love my dad i still love my dad he's not with us anymore but um but i didn't want to disappoint my dad you know mm-hmm. and i didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs it was just like he's a child of an immigrant you just get a job and you die in that job and you you do your best you know and I just didn't want to do that. So we had all this time. He was like diagnosed with cancer like in February and he passed in September of that same year. And I'd go up and visit him in Seattle and, you know, my, my folks, my mom still lives up there. And and I was like, I need to get his okay. Like I just need his like blessing to like do this. So we were sitting down one day and I was like, Dad, I just am just not happy at my job, and I know I'm good at it, but it just doesn't make me happy. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to work with dogs. And he's like, then, then go work with dogs? And I was like, <laughs> awesome. Like, it was such a non-thing that I had built up, you know, right. so much that he was going to be like, well, what do you plan to do with them? And what's your, art? you know, he was mm-hmm. like, okay, then do it. Go for it. Yay. So I did. Um, you know, I started with Rufus and was like, okay, I'm going to teach him to do everything. If I can teach him to do everything, then I can train any dog. Great. So we did agility and we did obedience and we did all sorts of stuff. And, and then I was like, Hey, can I train your dog? And just training people's dogs for free. And then I was like, I'm totally good at this. (laughs) And then I worked at like a, a daycare boarding facility where I'd be on the floor with like 80 dogs off leash and I'm like I can decode body language like no one else this is amazing no mm-hmm. fights no drama I could see it all happening before did you study it any at any point at, like then or was this just all sort of it was a lot intuitive? of hands-on yeah a lot of hands-on and just cutting my teeth by doing it mm-hmm. and then tons of reading um, I joined an organization called the Association of Professional Dog Trainers 
think it's called Association of Pet Dog Trainers now. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, but I joined that organization, read everything. They were very positive reinforcement um, kind of organization. And they and so that's where they're geared towards. That's where I'm geared towards. So I and I'd go to seminars and I was like, hey, I can get or I can get certified through them. And you just so I got certified. And when I said I'm gonna be a dog trainer for real, like I want as many certifications as as I can and I want to be like as totally above board because I'm telling people, pay me to tell you what to do. I don't want to just be like because you don't need as a dog trainer any of that. Right. So you can just have no schooling. You can be self taught. You can be certified. You don't have to be certified. You can go to a dog training school. You can do whatever, whatever. There's a million ways to get there. But I just wanted to, my clients to know that I'd done the work, mm-hmm. you know, I'd put in the time. Um, so I got certified. I have to go to like continued education classes all the time and keep up to date on stuff like a hairstylist. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I and I worked at a facility. You know, I was at Zoom Room for a while, mm-hmm. and and I trained. You know, twenty four classes a week, and worked seventy hours a week. And wow. I was like, "What am I doing? I can totally <laughs> do this myself." So I have been doing it myself um, now for a while, and it's been great because it's like I'm doing what I love, and I control my schedule. And and then, how know. did the show come about? That was weird. That was just like an LA moment, you know, where. I had a friend, uh, Jeannie Tuttle. She's up north of here in Lake Camarillo. And she's a dog trainer. And she saw something on Facebook and she sent it to me. And she's like, this is totally up your alley. And I was like, well, I don't know if it's up my alley. You know, <laughs> she's like, well, it's television. And it just, you seem like you'd be good and you should try it. And so, you know, I reached out to these people. They reached out right back. They're like, let's Skype call. They were in the UK. They'd done the show in the UK mm-hmm. last year. So they're like, Animal Planet wants the show. We're looking for two trainers. Um, when we find the final two, we're going to come out. We're going to do a sizzle reel, pitch that to them, and hopefully go from there. So um, it all happened really much faster. Like like when they're like, okay, well, you know, we're going to come out to LA. And I'm like, well, how many people are there? Like thinking we're like down to the final six or something. It's like just you and Nate. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, what's his name? All right, I got to call him. We're like, we need to have a beer. Like, I have no idea who this guy is, you know? And so I called him. We met at like the 101 Cafe and had a beer. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so what? Wh- hi, what if what this did, happens? Did this you send weird. them like an email with your picture and sort of your background? Um, I sent them an email and then they said like, send us like a one minute video. Oh, gotcha. So this is when I was at the Downey Shelter. So... um. There was a dog. Oh, no, I can't remember his name. But he was adopted by a listener. Yeah, Nathan Richardson, if you're listening. He's a listener of yours. And he adopted the dog. Oh, I love that. I love when I hear... He was going to fly dogs to like Colorado. Like he's the pilot. And he was... Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, he's he listens, he's a fan of yours. I, lo- I love knowing that the segment I know of I know of a handful of small handful of dogs that actually got adopted from people listening but I love hearing more because I oh, yeah. was like is this getting anywhere is this helping no, anyone no yeah 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 so he was gonna fly a dog somewhere for us so he adopted this dog named Gordon who was really sweet he was a giant like 
gray pit bull who had a big mass on his side. Mm. I don't know if you remember that. And then he was Vaguely. all, they got it cut out and then it was all Frankenstein-y. Mm, Anyways, yes. so I did, I went to the shelter and I did this one minute video sitting in the play yard with Gordon trying to be like, hi, I'm Laura London and blah 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 And Gordon's like, farting and snoring <laughs> and like the wind's blowing my phone over and it took me like an hour and all the dogs are do- barking in the back yeah. and it took me like an hour to get like like a 50 second like video and it was so i was like there's no way like i'm gonna send this to them and they're gonna be like what like this <laughs> who's this person who's this crazy dog lady like it, like why where is she can't hear her mm-hmm. um but for some reason it worked and they liked me so so you had a beer with Nate. Yeah. And then you met the show people. And then the show people came out and we filmed a little like sizzle reel. You know, I had a friend, Melissa, who um, she's in a wheelchair. And I was like, hey, Melissa, do you want to be in this sizzle reel? So she was part of us, you know, getting the show too. Mm-hmm. She sadly couldn't be in season one because, you know, she already has too many dogs <laughs> that just like love her and don't do anything for her. So maybe one day she could be on a show if we get other seasons. Um, but yeah, they filmed it. They shot it. They think it was great. They sent it to Animal Planet. They loved it. And they're like, as long as they don't just like, you know, want like a blonde or someone younger, they'll, you know, we think you guys have this. And so were you like, I could be blonde. I mean, you were blonde at one point. I was blonde at one point. No, I was like, whatever. Either way. I have a really good life, you know? Like, it wasn't like, I didn't come to LA to be an actress or to be on TV or to do any of that. But it's one of those things when you have, when weird auditions and stuff show up, like, this is a town you have to go, okay, I'll do it, whatever. Like, because if I was anywhere else, I wouldn't have this opportunity. Mm So it's just about kind of enjoying those kind of opportunities. But it was not, it's never been my mission. So if it gets a second season, <sighs> I'm going to have to buy way more clothes. <laughs> um, and like, I'm still like, I'm, st- I gained like 10 pounds eating crafties. Like it was awful. I just ate all the time. And I was like, okay, this doesn't work for me either. <laughs> and then I like, it broke out cause I had to wear so much makeup for the mm-hmm. camera. Like all these things. Do they put, do they, they have a makeup person though, No, right? season oh. one was all like bare bones, you I know, see. no wardrobe, no makeup. Um, you look really good. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate it. I assumed there was a makeup person. Mm-hmm. Well, it was all you. I was all me. Um, and it was so much more makeup than I'm used to wearing mm-hmm. cause it's gotta like, you know, look right on camera. But it's just, it's weird. And then Nate just doesn't because they're dudes and they just right. got like a little powder because they're shine. <laughs> and they just like roll out of bed like looking like that in his medium shirts. <laughs> Is it small medium? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he says it all the time. He's like, my, well, if I wear like, you know, the larger ones and they're too blousey at the bottom and his <laughs> arms are like squeezed into every, his arms are like, the it's the running joke where I was, where he's like <laughs> hanging on them and making them like bench press and curl, <laughs> curl dogs and stuff. Uh, um, so some people sent in dog questions and yeah. other questions. Okay, let's do that first. I want to say, you guys, I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. There's different reward levels, um, all sorts of fun stuff. So you, there's a level where you get bonus episodes. There's a level where you have access to an exclusive uh, interactive live stream. There's a level where you get merch in the mail. I love it. And uh, I think the Patreon subscribers love it too. I know they do. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Also, uh, if you want to buy some of the stuff that we've talked about on this show – 
Amazon. There's a banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. Uh, click through, let them know who sent you. doesn't cost you anything extra. helps out the show. Okay, so let's take questions from listeners. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Okay. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, Michelle says, should we banish plush toys if our rescue dog has begun to gnaw on the arms of our couch that we won't be able to replace for a long time? <laughs> oh, that's a drag. Um, well, you know, a lot of these specific dog questions, like I would love to talk to that person because why does her dog have access to the arms of the couch? Because mm. I'm guessing if you're sitting on the couch, you would tell your dog no and tell them not to chew. So it seems like dog is probably chewing on the arms when they're not home. So then, well, then, so your dog has access to the whole house. So maybe the dog needs to be crated or maybe to be baby gated into the kitchen, and not have access to the to the couch like that's the first thing that's the first thing i go to it's like is it a behavioral problem or is it an access problem mm -hmm. can you manage it or does it need to be trained um you know i had a client whose dog would jump on the back of the couch look out the window and bark at everybody walking <laughs> up and down the street and so they were so upset about they had a dog camera and they watch the dogs just bark at people all day and i said well move the couch so they just moved the couch and then the behavior ended. Mm. The dogs didn't try to get to the window anymore. They did it because they could. So I don't think the plushy toys are like causal to the dog chewing the arms of the right. couch. But I wouldn't give that dog access to the arms of the couch. You know, <laughs> this is where I'm going to ask my own question now. You know these viewer <laughs> This is so much listeners. cheaper than when I was paying you to train the dog. <laughs> have you on the podcast all the time yeah I just, <laughs> so like i, I said we you don't have record or anything you just have me <laughs> yeah, think exactly. that i'm on the podcast they're like Shh. This, this one's never airing yeah. uh we create wendy when we leave mm -hmm. we did not create all of, we confined all of our mm -hmm. we didn't create them but we create wendy and i think someday i've kind of given up on this for, for the longest time it was like this is temporary eventually sh we'll just be able to leave her home like most people do with their dogs uh but now I'm realizing we might never get to that point. And I think that's okay. Is it good for dogs to be created when you leave? I don't, I wouldn't even call it good or bad. I think it's necessary. Like I, I think dogs don't need to have um, access to everything. Mm -hmm. um, some dogs can handle it and that's fine, but a lot of dogs can't. So it's, um, it's really just a way to keep them safe from not chewing or destroying something that might be valuable to you mm -hmm. and keeping yourself stay safe. You know, I, I came home to like my couch destroyed mm. by Texas once he was like, this zipper is crazy. What is this? And then just like played with the zipper and then pulled it all the way down and then just tore the foam in the couch that I bought at plumbers. And I was so in love with and spent so much money on. And I came home and it was like a snow globe. And I was like, okay, I was so angry at him yeah. that like I could have saved all of that if I just put him in the crate that day. Right, right. Yeah, with Wendy, she will nervously scratch at the yeah. door. Yeah, yeah. So I think, well, this is what Daniel says, because I'm always like, we got we to gotta somehow not have her be in the crate all the time. Uh, but he's like, she's happier in the crate. 
She doesn't have to worry about anything. And I think that I I totally am going to side with Daniel here because I think anxious dogs and nervous dogs like the like the time off the clock mm-hmm. they like to just be like okay cool i don't have to do anything like dogs who feel like they always have to guard the house and what's that sound and look outside and what's this i'm gonna bark at this and like they don't have to do any of that when they're in the crate like for instance like if my dogs sleep in the crate at night um they'll sleep through the night and not make a noise if they sleep in bed with me mm-hmm. and they hear something outside they'll wake up and bark right because they're like we're kind of just going to be on point a little because we're out. But if they're in the crate, they're like, you got this, right? Because I'm locked in a cage. I can't I can't help you if anything goes down. So I think it helps nervous dogs unwind. I'm going to have my son sleep in a crate. Okay. You already do. It just doesn't like... I know. It just doesn't have a have top. A top. <laughs> uh, Kelly says, my nine-year-old Corgi has been seeming depressed lately since our other dog passed away. What can I do to help her? Yeah, it's true, man. Dogs grieve. And people who say they don't are just mean and assholes. Weird. Totally. It's like, what? Um, but they're also resilient and they can get through it. So, you know, I don't want her to like rush and go get a puppy because that will could totally bum this dog out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just, just spend some extra time like this is a great, now you just have this one dog. So go to coffee and take your dog on walks and go to the park. Don't necessarily go to the dog park. Just go walk in the park and just go on a vacation and bring them with you. Like just spend more time with them, you know, because now their day, their enrichment is kind of dropped. So they just don't have anything to do. So just do stuff with them. Are you anti-dog park? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you care to expand? <laughs> Um, of course I, because if I don't expand, that'd be weird. Um, I think that dog parks can be really great places for like maybe 1% of the dogs. Mm. Um, everybody else really shouldn't be there. Um, they're dirty. Uh, people aren't paying attention to their dog, which is the number one complaint. Even non-dog owners go, well, everybody's just there drinking coffee and it could be an LA thing. I don't know. Maybe people are better in other parts of the country, but here people are on their phones and they're drinking coffee and they're not really watching their dog. So they're not picking up their dog's poop. They don't know what their dog's eating. Their dog could be stealing toys from another dog, which, you know, don't bring special toys to the dog park if you don't want them getting stolen. It's just stupid. They're dogs. Um, there could be fights. You just there, And then, they, then it's like mob mentality and you don't know like the triggers and what's going to happen. And ugh, it's so dangerous that you really have to have like a very happy-go-lucky, loosey-goosey kind of dog that's just going to let that stuff roll off its back. So right. I just think I would love to see my dream is that I think people got too lazy and the dog park became like how they exercise and interact with their dog. Mm-hmm. And they're just really lazy dog owners and they're not being with their dog. And what's happening, instead of dog being man's best friend, dog is dog's best friend. At a dog park? Yeah. And the who has influence over your dog at the dog park? All the other dogs. Mm -hmm. The minute you walk in the door, you're really not important. And I don't ever want to be unimportant to my dog. Because if I call my dog, I need them to come. And I don't need them to be like, I'm with my friends. Bye. You know, and that that sort of pendulum has swung. Dogs go to daycare a lot. They have play dates. And they go to dog parks. Other dogs are more important to your dog Mm -hmm. than you are and so when you have behavioral problems you're like well he just doesn't listen to me like well he's with other animals most of the time 
So it makes sense that you don't have any influence over your dog. So that's kind of why I don't like dog parks. What I would love to see is if dog parks became privatized, Mm. like if they were like country clubs a little, (laughs) you know, like you could pay some fee, right? And you knew your fee would go to upkeep, maintenance, um, and somebody who's there all the time monitoring. Mm-hmm. So like somebody, a daycare. Like yeah, kind of like a daycare, right? So there's like a there's like a lifeguard or like at the pool who's watching. And if you have a dog there who's being a thug, you get like a yellow card or something like that. And like you you're going to get punished. You can't just cuz there are lots of those people who just go around and terrorize other dogs, not like on purpose, but their dog's not good and they don't know what to do with their dog and they'll just park hop. Mm-hmm. They're causing like havoc everywhere they go and nobody can find them. So, ha- and then like you could take other money. You could do fundraisers and give it to spay neuter projects. You could have educational things. You could have seminars where a dog trainer comes and trains a class on a day. You could have lights so you could go on at night. Like the tennis courts, right? Mm-hmm. When the lights are shining and they're playing at night. You're like, that's so cool. You could do that at the dog park. Um, I think that would be a great use of um, a dog park. So, you know, these dogs kind of get along and it is good socialization and it is safe and it's clean. And um, that's what I would love to see. But, you know, nobody's going to give up their real estate in Los Angeles to do that. You should make this happen somehow. Maybe. Okay. Now that I'm a celebrity. That's right. (laughs) Paul says... Dog is extremely jealous of four-year-old daughter. Any advice? The dog pants, whines, and tries to get in between me and daughter. Oh, it's so scary. He didn't say how big or what kind of dog. Doesn't matter. They have teeth. That's true. Um, Look at my big dog bias that just came out. (laughs) You know why? Because I'm like, a chihuahua can do less damage than a Labrador. It's math. It's math. Yeah. The big dog... Is always going to do more damage right. than a little dog. But a little and, dog, but you're right. A little dog can also do damage. Yes. Especially with a child. Yes. I was bit when I was nine by Pekingese and it like traumatized me. Mm. I was bit later by a German Shepherd. It was not that big of a deal. But little dogs can be scary because they're just, they move fast and they're little and they're going <laughs> right. to get your feet and you yeah. can't get away from them. But any dog that is getting between you and your child is not good. Um, And I would definitely try to get somebody, get a trainer to come to your house mm-hmm. and deal with some of that stuff. Um, I would say, going back to boundaries, that dog better not sleep in bed with you. That dog better know how to sleep in a crate. That dog better have some boundaries. And, you know, the other things are like, you better not free feed that dog. There better not be food out all day for that dog. Because then that's one more thing that you're not controlling. They're controlling. So you don't want your dog to think they're in charge. Like you're in charge. You control the food. You control when they go out. You control where they sleep. All of that stuff. So, you know, that dog sounds like they're probably jealous. And that's just, it can just get sketchy, you know, because it puts um, his daughter in danger, Mm -hmm. you know. And she could get bit in the face and forever be like, thanks. I have a scar on my face because when I was four, Or, you know, angry dog didn't want to share attention. So you don't want to like overly punish that dog either because you have to be sensitive to like what you're triggering. So the dog feels like justified to protect, guarding you from the child. They're like, he's mine. Mm -hmm. He's not your dad. He's my dad. Um, 
And then if if we have to inflict pain or like a correction on this dog, that dog could easily tie to that child. So now that child even becomes more something they don't like because like pain was inflicted when it's just it gets all layered and scary. So call it call a trainer and get them in your house. Can it be rectified? Sometimes, yeah. But you have to have professional eyes on it. And there are some trainers that deal strictly with kids and dogs. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I have a weird look on my face because I'm thinking about you saying you never, your dog should never get in between you and your child. And so, and Wendy does it all the time. Well, like if Elliot's on the activity mat and I kneel down to go play with him, you know, all of a sudden there's like fur right in front of me and she's like, hi, pet me. But it's not a, it's not a territorial or protective thing. She's just like, oh, hey, you're, we're going to play now. But is that bad? Kind of, yeah. I mean, because she's getting in between you and him. It's not mm-hmm. like she's laying on the other side of the mat, going, "Oh, let's see what we're going to do." Like, right? She's getting on. You're hers. Like she, yeah, she. I mean, sometimes she she'll do that, or sometimes she'll just be in the doorway, or you know, she's not always there. But if she wants my attention, she just comes and gets in my face. Right. And you can put her where you want her to be. Like she's putting herself. She's just choosing yeah and you just go nope not now and you go put her somewhere else or you put her in her crate and is it bad though because it could escalate i'm asking specifically for me yeah because it could escalate to something dangerous yeah because elliot doesn't really move now right right but once he starts motoring you know she could have a huge problem with that like right now he's kind of interesting but he's not really going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he starts moving, that could she that could trigger like a whole nother level of her needing to get in between you. Like right now, it's pretty sedentary. He's here, you sit here, and but he could run up to you next. Like right. when he starts walking, and she'll run right in, up to him or cut him off or whatever the case could be. I mean, I've had clients whose dog liked one kid and didn't like the other kid, mm. and like was happy sharing mom with you know the older child, but was like. <sighs> Like I, I don't again, think she's gonna get mad again. With him. This is yeah. This is only interest. This is interesting strictly to me and probably Daniel. Uh, so apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more question, because I look at Wendy and I'm like, there is zero aggression in her. It, but it, it's am I not, wrong? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Like it's not it's okay aggression. If I am wrong. It's not aggression, but like she doesn't have words. She has teeth. Right. I'm saying like I don't. I don't think she would ever use them. Am I wrong to be that confident? Yes. Wow. I think any dog could use their teeth. I really do. Um, and and like I'm just thinking of my own dogs and if they have me, Chappy bit me once. He just got totally excited about something and completely redirected and bit me. And I was like, what are mm-hmm. you doing? Um, so, you know, and, and Wendy's got like some – anxiety you know in general so like in her little brain she might be totally making a wise decision you know (laughs) like she she doesn't i don't think and none of it's coming from like a malicious place so when you're talking about like aggressive like she i don't think she wants to do harm Mm -hmm. but she might need to put her foot down and be like no, she's my mom. Mm-hmm. And because she can't say that, so she can't push her little brother down or something like a sibling would do. Right. She might do something else. Huh. Well, this is going to make my make me have to think about this a lot. I know. Yeah. And you just don't ever well, just want because, her like, to feel yeah. like she 
there's a scarcity of mm-hmm. resource. If you're the resource, there's, there's got to be enough of you to go around. And you can't explain that to her because she's a dog. So you need to then just show it to her by giving her those boundaries. Right. Well, this is not good news. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's good to know. But it's just like with, again, interesting to me, also my husband, no one else. You could go take food out of her mouth. Yep. And she's... You're not food. See, food's easy. Mm-hmm. Like food guarding, super easy. When people are like, oh, the, you know, like at the shelter, like this dog like guards food. That's okay. Just you can feed them differently. Right. You can keep them a dif- away from another dog and you don't touch their food. And like you can do that. When it's a non-food item like you or a blanket or a toy, you don't know what your dog's going to consider a resource mm-hmm. as from day but to is day. That, but is that guarding if she comes up when I kneel down and it he's could on the be. ground? It could absolutely could be. Okay. I guess I look at it as something different, but I don't want to be stupid about that. Because she's yours and she's schmoopy and she's, you know, the snuggle bug. And you yeah. Know. But. Um, Snuggleberries. That's right. <laughs> Snuggleberries. So like, and it's hard to see in your own dog, but like, I think everybody just needs to go, oh, but it's a dog. Right. Bottom line, it's a dog. I mean, She's my snuggleberry. <laughs> <laughs> she is. I should wear my Snuggleberry shirt today. Darn it. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Daniel Manzo says, what dogs are easiest to train, hardest to train? I think it's super individual. It really is. Some dogs are um, really smart and driven and fun to train, you know, for sure. Like a lot of working dog breeds. Um, And then... It just depends on kind of what you want. But you can also have like really lazy dogs that should be really not lazy. So it's really based on the individual. I do have – I shouldn't say it because I shouldn't out myself. I do have a dog like that I do not enjoy training, like a dog breed. And when somebody calls me and they're like, oh, I've got a blank blank. I'm like, I'm totally busy right now. I'm going to give you my friend's number. I just won't do it. But I won't say what breed that is. Could you say why you won't, though, to us? Like, what is it about? I know you don't want to say the specific breed, but what is it about this breed? Are they stupid? Yeah, I think they're just stupid. And they're (laughs) annoying. And they're, like, stubborn. And they're just no fun. And um, you have to tell me off air. I will totally tell you off air. It's like one of those dogs that they're just, like, so stupid that they don't even know when they're doing something good versus when they're doing something bad. So even if you needed to correct them and they're like, <laughs> and then you just can't, you can't break through it. They're just like idiots. They're just laughing, stupid idiots. Oh my God, it's killing me. And so I don't like training those dogs. Are they a popular dog? Semi, you know. They're not super popular. They're not doodles. Dead. I train tons of doodles. There's lots of doodles out here in LA. Are doodles dumb? No, doodles are pretty smart. Oh yeah, because they've got the oodle in them. Yeah, the oodle makes them smarter. <laughs> um, I'm training a burner doodle right now. It's a Bernese mountain I saw dog. that picture. He's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> Seth Eisenberg says, I don't have a dog, but fun to see worlds colliding. Uh, are you ready for reality show fame? Thoughts on invisible fences. What are invisible fences? When people just come up to you? Oh no, invisible fences. I think it's like Oh, he means invisible fences yeah, with like dogs. electric fences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um 
How does that work? Does the dog get shocked if they try to? That seems sad to me. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to be shocked. Um, I think if you live somewhere where you've got like 80 acres and you don't want to put a big fence around your yard, your property, and you're working it kind of that way, um, I would probably be better with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you can probably put forth some effort and train your dog some boundaries without having to put up um, the invisible fence kind of thing. Right. Andrew Ant says, rescue dog has bonded with wife, still barks at me. It's been over a year. How can I make it come to me instead of running away? Oh, yeah. That happens too. Like hyper bonding, usually to the female, like the wife or the girlfriend. Um, It happens all the time. I by the suggest- way, Wendy is now more bonded to Daniel than That's me. That's so funny because you betrayed her by having a child. I get- no, it's it's been, it happened, <laughs> it happened like a year before. Because when when you knew us, she was more bonded to me. Right. But at some point, she switched her allegiance. Yeah. Interesting. It it is. I would suggest to this guy, first, I'd make sure this dog is not sleeping in bed with them. You people with that answer. Because he's (laughs) going to get bit. Like if this dog doesn't like him and Mm -hmm. likes mom, he's going to get bit. One night, he's going to go to bed and he's going to get bit because that dog's going to be like, she's mine. This is my bed. You go sleep on the couch. Right. So this dog better be sleeping in a crate or in another room. He should start feeding the dog, like try to take mm, as much care responsibilities away from his wife so he can be seen as like, you know, somebody that has influence Mm -hmm. over the dog. Um, let's see here. Matt Hayes says, what are the best dog breeds to travel with? Anything to look out for? Travel like on a plane travel. If you're planning, you know, if you have a smash face dog, um, airline travels kind of, you know, it's just riskier, Mm -hmm. you know, they can't breathe well as it is. I have three smash faces. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it can be tricky. Um, and also don't think the dogs need to go with you everywhere. You know, like if you're just weekending and car riding, totally fun. Yay. Bring the dog. If they're crate trained, even more fun. Cause then you can leave them in the hotel room without scaring housekeeping or risking them biting housekeeping or ruining the hotel room or running out the door or anything like that. Right. Cause a crate is a crate. They just like to be comfortable in it. They can go anywhere. So, um, yeah, but sometimes it's just nice to leave your dog with somebody else that you like, like me. Wendy spent the night at my place. She did. So, um, yeah, you can, you know, find a good person to take care of your dog so they don't have to go everywhere with you. But if you want them to travel with you, um, keep it short. Don't fly across the country. Skipper Evan says, my dog is chill 99% of the time. However, she goes bonkers when she sees someone on a skateboard. Hard to deal with in a city. Please help. Yep. Super common. Lots of dogs have this problem. And it's generally, it's not just skateboards. It's like mopeds and bikes too. It's like wheels on the bus go round and round and I'm going to tear them off. (laughs) Um, So, and it's really like the sound of the person on the skateboard more than like, if you went to Toys R Us and bought a skateboard and you were like, here, eat treats off this and look at how friendly the skateboard is. That's one good thing, but it's what's scary is a and here it comes and usually the, the guy on it is 
I find here in this town, at least, usually not like, oh, sorry, and get off and walk <laughs> around your dog. Like they just want to be like, eh, whatever. And they just zoom past you and scare the hell out of your dog. So it's hard um, to manage that. Mm-hmm. You could certainly try to do some desensitization with buying a skateboard and rolling around and having you ride it like in your driveway or something and with your dog on the leash and you just kind of rolling around on it and giving lots of hot dogs and sort of trying to work that out. Um but I would say the best course of action would be to teach your dog like a leave it command and like a watch me command mm-hmm. and practice that. So when the skateboard comes, you can be like, leave it. And the dog will look at you and then you do a watch me and then you have them watching you paying more attention to you and then just pound them with treats. So you're just kind of getting, don't try to make him like skateboard, but just make him pay attention to you more. Right. How uh, selfish question yet again, how do you teach drop it? Because I've taught, we know, she knows leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Doesn't so, always do it, but knows it. But drop it less so. Unless I'd, I have a treat in my hand and then she'll drop whatever instantly. Right. The goal would probably to be practice it a few more times. Like make it something that you're practicing so right. she can get good at it. So she knows what the word means instead of only using it when you really need her to drop whatever is in her mouth and mm-hmm. then you have to trade out. I would say when you're training it, that's exactly how you would train it by trading out. So you'd make sure you give her something, you, she puts it in her mouth and you go drop and then you give her a cookie and yes, mm-hmm. you know, and she drops it and then you give it to her again, drop. And so she's practicing. Can you get them like... It has. It can't be a treat, though. No, you can't get them to hold a treat and then drop that, right? No, that'd be so mean. They, I know because they. So it's got to be got. It, so it's got to be something that she. It's weird. Like she loves to steal pens, right? Um, but if we're training and I drop a pen on the ground, she doesn't care up. about it at right. all. She only she steals a pen and then runs by me, and then <laughs> if I don't react, which I don't anymore. Mm-hmm she'll go in the other room and then she'll like come back a little while later like look i still have it why aren't you doing anything she doesn't want the pen she just knows that she'll get a treat right isn't that great that's good she's got it yeah i've trained my mom so well watch this trick i've taught her it's awesome in case it wasn't clear i'm aware it's not great i'm aware i've trained her to steal pens um yeah i mean if it was a problem she's busting the pens and getting ink everywhere Mm -hmm. like a, you'd have to look at it from a management standpoint, like keep the pens, keep the away, pens right. away from her. Um, and, you know, you could try to see if she wants to like grab the pen. But I know exactly what you're saying. Like people will hire me to like train their dog to stop doing something. But like just me being there, the dog won't do it. Right. So I can't even get them to do the behavior that I want them to stop doing because they're like, no, I've never, I've, I've never done that before. <laughs> all, all the time. Um. So yeah, it's tricky to train a dog to do something when they know that they're doing the wrong thing and they won't do it when you bust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lastly, Joanna Bowman says, how do I get my dog to stop barking at anything and anyone that walks by the house? Hmm. I have a similar issue. Yeah. Well, so you got to look at the, you know, so it's anything where you live. So the dog's probably a little territorial or guarding the house. Every time it's a self-rewarding behavior. If she barks at something or someone that's coming towards the house, if she keeps barking, that person just keeps walking and she thinks it's because she's barking. Mm. So that's why like dogs are like, I bark at the mailman. He comes back every day and I bark at him and he leaves and I win and I'll see you tomorrow and I'm going to do the same thing because it works every time. And it's self-rewarding. Nobody needs to do anything. The people walk away. So you need to teach her like a quiet command. 
Like dogs can learn like 160 words or something like that. So everything you want them to do, you can name it Mm -hmm. and teach them to do it, even if it's an opposite or a negative, like being quiet or don't jump or drop it. So I would say something very high value. Um, And when she's, you know, you can have somebody – she might only bark at strangers, so it's hard to set like do a setup where I'd be like, have your friend go outside and walk up to the house. If she barks then, then you can use your friend as a setup and you're using a quiet command. And if she's quiet, you give her a treat. Your friend walks up again. You say quiet. Same kind of thing we do with like the doorbell. Like a lot of dogs bark at the doorbell. So you just have your friend ring the doorbell and treat your dog when they're being quiet. But yeah, it's probably a little bit of guarding. Um, if you could get drapes. Again, manage the environment so that your dog doesn't have access to where they see all that stuff. Crate training is also awesome. <laughs> you think I get like a, a dime for every crate I sell, but I don't. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's hard to give dog training advice like without seeing right. the, the environment and the dog and you know how big is the barking and is it really, you know, what is it? But in general, I would try to remove the dog from the space where they can see that. I would train the dog to teach a quiet command. There are a million dog training videos on YouTube. Just look for like how to teach quiet and you'll find probably six and one of them will speak to you. I'm going to have to go do that (laughs) after this. But that being said, have you noticed Wendy's in her crate right now? She's She's not making a peep. And look, I'm calm. Look how far we've come. So far. It took a long time. It wasn't like, (laughs) yeah, in the background. No, she just hopped in. She's like, yeah, cool. Wendy, quiet. You've gotten Sometimes so big. I will uh, do like an Instagram story or a video or something, and you hear her bark in the background, <laughs> and then I'll watch it later, and she'll bark at her at the sound of her own oh. barking, oh. <laughs> like she'll hear it. So she doesn't recognize her own bark. Laura London, it was so much fun having you. Oh my God, Allison, thank you. I'm it's so really happy fun. for you. Thank you. Uh, t- Jeff, where do we go to find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox and. I have one dog training question for you. I'm asking for a friend. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that you can teach a dog fetch Splenda? (laughs) Yes. Are they a big dog? It's a dog that's about Wendy's size. Are they doing Let's say it's exactly Wendy's size. Packets? Let's say it's Wendy. (laughs) Just packets of Splenda? Yeah. Truvia. 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 Truvia? Today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We could do that. Okay. I know. When I on the on rescue dog to super dog... When they train, when you, they, they, when they train, that would be me. <laughs> the dog to fetch the leash. I'm like, oh, there's so Wendy could be so much more useful. You could totally make your dogs work so much harder than they do. They don't, she do, doesn't do anything. No, helpful. Nola's like dragging laundry. And yeah. like, you'll see these other dogs, like in the, you know, next five weeks of the rest of the show. These dogs are like letting you know when the doorbell rings and the phone rings for like, they have a, an owner who's deaf. Um, so he's alerting him to stuff, pushing elevator buttons, um, all sorts of stuff. It's amazing how like our dogs are probably like, don't watch the show. If you have a dog, they'll probably mess with the DVR because they're like, no, because now my mom <laughs> asked me to do more work around the house and I don't need any chores. Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't do anything. No. Tell everyone where they can find you and uh, plug all your things. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm on Instagram, Laura L. London. Twitter, Laura L. London. Facebook, Laura L. London. Watch Rescue Dog to Super <laughs> Watch Dog. Watch Rescue Dog to Super Dog. It's on Animal um, Planet. Yeah. What day um, a week is it on? 
Saturday nights after Pitbulls and Pearlies. So it's like 10 o'clock, which is totally past my bedtime. <laughs> but everyone can DVR everything yes. now. DVR it, watch it. It's fun. It's good. Um, you know, if you have um, a Pitbull here in Los Angeles and you need help training it, I offer free classes through Angel City Pitbulls. You can look at them at angelcitypitbulls.org. Um, or on their Facebook page, we do Saturday classes in obedience and leash work. Nice. And awesome. uh, if you like what you're hearing, iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go to subscribe. Also, rate, review, please. And follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow me on Instagram at Allison Rosen. Did I cut you off? Did you have something else to say? I feel like I jumped in. I don't think so. Okay. I think, I think that, were all, that was all of them. I had to create like a public figure Facebook page, mm. like the discovery people told me. So that was weird because I'm like, but I'm... But now I'm you are. I'm just a They're like, no, you're a public figure now. Like, now you're, you are. So Look weird. at you. You're going to start getting recognized or have you already? No. And that's so funny because, you know, like I'm in dog stores with puppies. Like, obviously, these people should be watching the show. <laughs> Nobody's recognizing Well, me. it just started airing. I know. Give it time. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about Allison Rosen Show. We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best.